the twenty-sixth day of the month. I am the Lord your God. Sanctify yourselves, therefore, and be holy, for I am holy. Leviticus 11, verse 44. As he who called you is holy, be holy yourselves in all your conduct. 1 Peter 1, verse 15. Today we consider what it means to say that the church is holy. There is much misunderstanding about the meaning of the term holy. Too many seem to think it is merely entirely good, without flaw. That may serve us well when speaking of a holy God, but a perfect church? Hardly. At root, holiness instead has to do with being set apart, indeed with being different. In the commandments, when God called for one day a week to be holy, God meant that this day was to be set aside as different from the other six, distinctive in its practices. So also the Hebrew people were to exhibit holiness by refusing to bow down to the idols worshipped by all of the neighboring nations. Similarly, the church is called to live out in the world ways of being and doing that are alternatives to accustomed standards and customs. This means that far from being embarrassed when its ideals are at odds with accepted ways, the Christian community should revel in what it distinctively has to offer to the world. When the lives of people are being ruined by oppression and the church protest, we are exemplifying holiness. When greed goes unchecked, even applauded, and Christian people cry out, enough, we should rejoice that we are fulfilling our calling to be different for the sake of what is right. How willing are we to be considered out of step with society in order to be holy? Who wants to be labeled as odd, after all? But we are called to be a holy church, not a club that panders to whatever is currently popular. Opening Prayer O God, our help and our hope, holy is your name, unlike every other name we know. Holy are your ways beyond the reach of earthly imperfection. Holy are your people called by you to show the world a new way, a new hope. Calls us to be what you call us to be through Jesus Christ, who died for being different. Amen. Psalm 84, verses 8 through 12. God of the angel armies, listen. O God of Jacob, open your ears. I'm praying. Look at our shields glistening in the sun, our faces shining with gracious anointing. One day spent in your house, this beautiful place of worship, beats thousands spent on Greek island beaches. I'd rather scrub floors in the house of my God than be honored as a guest in the palace of sin. All sunshine and sovereign is God, generous in gifts and glory. He doesn't scrimp with his traveling companions. It's smooth sailing all the way with God of the angel armies. From the book of Esther, chapter 5, verses 1 through 14. Now it came about on the third day that Esther put on her royal robes and stood in the inner court of the king's palace in front of the king's rooms. And the king was sitting on his royal throne in the throne room, opposite the entrance to the palace. When the king saw Esther the queen standing in the court, she obtained favor in his sight, and the king extended to Esther the golden scepter which was in his hand. So Esther came near and touched the top of the scepter. Then the king said to her, What is troubling you, Queen Esther, and what is your request? Even to half of the kingdom it shall be given to you. Esther said, If it pleases the king, 
May the king and Haman come this day to the banquet that I have prepared for him. Then the king said, Bring Haman quickly, that we may do as Esther desires. So the king and Haman came to the banquet which Esther had prepared. As they drank their wine at the banquet, the king said to Esther, What is your petition? For it should be granted to you, and what is your request? Even to half of the kingdom it shall be done. So Esther replied, My petition and my request is, If I have found favor in the sight of the king, if it pleases the king to grant my petition and do what I request, may the king and Haman come to the banquet which I will prepare for them, and tomorrow I will do as the king says. Then Haman went out that day glad and pleased of heart. But when Haman saw Mordecai in the king's gate, and that he did not stand up or tremble before him, Haman was filled with anger against Mordecai. Haman controlled himself, however, went to his house and sent for his friends and his wife Zeresh. Then Haman recounted to them the glory of his riches and the number of his sons in every instance where the king had magnified him and how he had promoted him above the princes and the servants of the king. Haman also said, Even Esther the queen let no one but me come with the king to the banquet which she had prepared, and tomorrow also I am invited by her with the king. Yet all of this does not satisfy me every time I see Mordecai the Jew sitting at the king's gate. Then Zeresh, his wife, and all his friends said to him, Have a gallows fifty cubits high made, and in the morning ask the king to have Mordecai hanged on it. Then go joyfully with the king to the banquet. And the advice pleased Haman, so he had the gallows made. From the book of Acts, chapter 18, verses 12 through 28. But while Gallio was proconsul of Archaea, the Jews with one accord rose up against Paul and brought him before the judgment seat, saying, This man persuades men to worship God contrary to the law. But when Paul was about to open his mouth, Gallio said to the Jews, If it were a matter of wrong or a vicious crime, O Jews, it would be reasonable for me to be put up with you. But if there are questions about words and names and your own law, look after it yourselves. I am unwilling to be a judge of these matters. And he drove them away from the judgment seat. And they all took hold of Sosthenes, the leader of the synagogue, and began beating him in front of the judgment seat. But Gallio was not concerned about any of these things. Paul, having remained many days longer, took leave of the brethren and put out to sea for Syria. With him were Priscilla and Aquila. In Syncre, he had his hair cut, for he was keeping a vow. They came to Ephesus, and he left them there. Now he himself entered the synagogue and reasoned with the Jews. When they asked him to stay for a longer time, he did not consent, but taking leave of them and saying, I'll return to you again if God wills. And he set sail from Ephesus. When he had landed at Caesarea, he went up and greeted the church and went down to Antioch. And having spent some time there, he left and passed successfully through the Galatian region and Phrygia, strengthening all the disciples. Now a Jew named Apollos, an Alexandrian by birth, an eloquent man, came to Ephesus, and he was mighty in the scriptures. This man had been instructed in the way of the Lord, and being fervent in spirit, he was speaking and teaching accurately the things concerning Jesus, being acquainted only with the baptism of John. And he began to speak out boldly in the synagogue. But when Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. And when he wanted to go across to Achaia, the brethren encouraged him and wrote to the disciples to welcome him. And when he had arrived, he greatly helped those who had believed through grace, for he was powerfully refuted the Jews in public, demonstrating by the scriptures that Jesus was the Christ. From the Gospel according to Luke, chapter 3, 
verses 15 through 22. Now while the people were in a state of expectation and all were wondering in their hearts about John as to whether he was the Christ, John answered and said to them all, As for me, I baptize you with water, but one who is coming who is mightier than I, and I am not fit to untie the thong of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to thoroughly clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his barn, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. So with many other exhortations, he preached the gospel to the people. But when Herod, the Tetrarch, was reprimanded by him because of Herodias, his brother's wife, and because of all the wicked things which Herod had done, Herod also added this to them all. He locked John up in prison. Now when all the people were baptized, Jesus was also baptized. And while he was praying, heaven was opened up, and the Holy Spirit descended upon him bodily form like a dove. And a voice came out of heaven, You are my beloved Son, in you I am well pleased. These are the readings of the words of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Tuesday's Prayer God, our rock and our salvation, undergird us with your strength, lest we fail because we rely upon ourselves alone. Assist us with your Holy Spirit, that we may abide in your love and trust in your grace. Spread upon us your transforming power. Overpower us with your goodwill and forgiveness, offered to us and to all through Christ our Savior. Amen. A Prayer When Mourning the Loss of a Friend by Charles Wesley If death, my friend, and me divide, Thou dost not, Lord, my sorrows chide, or frown my tears to see, restrain from passionate excess. Thou bidst me mourn in calm distress for them that rest in thee. I feel a strong, immortal hope, which bears my mournful spirit up beneath its, its mountain load. Redeemed from death and grief and pain, I soon will see my friend again within the arms of God. Pass a few fleeting moments more, and death the blessing will restore, which death has snatched away. For me thou wilt the summons end, and give me back my parted friend in that eternal day. Amen. The Lord's Prayer, Traditional Text Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen.